0: Ladies and welcome to the Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at vab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Even though we are only reading Book 4 this week, Book 5 has the most Psalms in it, and it has some wonderful psalms that I'd like to spend a little more time on, so I'm allotting six lessons to book five. W. Robert Godfrey, in the book Learning to Love the Psalms, labels book five as the King's Celebration of God's Salvation. Now, keep in mind, the Bible does not give titles to the five books of the Psalms, and I don't agree with everything that Godfrey suggests, but I do think he's on to something. Another thing I was reminded of while studying book five is in 1947, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. In that finding, books one and three of the Psalms are almost in the same order as in our Bible, the Old Testament. According to a survey of the Old Testament textbook by Hill and Walton, they saw that the order of the Psalms in books 4 and 5, however, frequently varies from that found in the Old Testament. It is possible that the editorial arrangement was not fixed until just before the time of Christ. That is found on page 423 in that book. This tells us two things. First, books four and five probably have some of the older Psalms in it, especially Psalm 107 that we're gonna be taking a look at today. Secondly, it seems clear and many theologians agree that the Psalms are placed in a particular order. We just don't fully understand why or who did that process. A part of that is that each book, like with book five, book five is filled with praise and thanksgiving hymns. But then there are some psalms that don't seem to fit that category. There's a lament and an imprecatory are thrown into a book. The first psalm of book five is Psalm 107. It is an anonymous and a corporate song. It also seems to be a thanksgiving song with a touch of wisdom thrown in at the end. When we look at the Psalms that are before 107, for instance, Psalm 105 starts, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Psalm 106 starts, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Then Psalm 107 starts just like Psalm 106. Oh give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his loving kindness is everlasting. So we see that there is a pattern of some sort in the laying out of the Psalms. This Psalm seems to be a congregational piece. Verses 1 through 3 seem to be like a choir director, calling the congregation to come and worship and to give thanks because of the Lord's loving kindness, his hesed. This is a big deal in this psalm. Hesed is used six times and then the Lord is used 12 times. This psalm is also declaring that people from all directions are coming and gathering in order to worship. This also carries the idea of people coming back to Jerusalem from the exile, as well as the gospel being spread to all nations. This psalm starts with an intro, and then it's split up with four special stories, and each have a refrain, and then there are two repeated phrases with each. In verse 6a, 13a, 19a, and 28a, it says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And then the second is found in verses 8, 15, 21, and 31. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. It could be that the congregation was trained to say these psalms all together. With each of these four stories that are in this psalm, the people are distressed for different reasons. And then they cry out to God and God delivers and saves them. And then they are called to give thanks for the great things that God has done. In the Layman's Bible book commentary, Alton H. Mccurchin describes these four metaphors as, number one, man the pilgrim, God our guide. These are verses four through nine. Number two, man the prisoner, God our deliverer, verses 10 through 16. Number three, man the sufferer, God our physician, verses 17 through 22. And number four, man the sailor, God our pilot. Verses 23 through 32. As with most Hebrew poetry, this psalm is written in parallelism, where the second line accents the first line. For instance, verse one starts, God is good, and the second line builds on that goodness, for his loving kindness is everlasting. One point that C.S. Lewis makes in his book, References on the Psalms, he says, it is according to one's point of view, either a wonderful piece of luck or a wise provision of God's that poetry, which was to be turned into all languages, should have as its chief formal characteristic, one that does not disappear as mere meter does in translation. If we have any taste for poetry, we shall enjoy this feature of the Psalms, unquote, page four and five. In other words, Having that parallelism, no matter how it's translated, we can see the correlation and how it builds on one another versus if it's rhyming words or if it is a certain rhythm that is to be said. That would be switched out when translated into another language. So in each of the four stories, they had different problems. They had negative emotions. Verse four and five. Wandering, hungry, thirsty, and soul-fainted. Verses 10 and 12. Misery, rebellious, spurred, humbled, stumbled. Verses 17 and 18. Foolishness, rebellious, affliction, abhorred. Verses 26 and 27. Soul melted away, reeled, staggered at wit's end. Then comes the key phrase that stays the same in each story. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Then God came to the rescue and after that the emotions change and God met their specific needs. Verse 42 wraps up the feelings found in this chapter. The upright see it and are glad, but all unrighteousness shuts its mouth. What do the upright see? They see God's Hesed, his loving kindness. Then the last verse, verse 43, asks the question, Who is wise? Let him give heed to these things and consider the loving kindnesses of the Lord. The word loving kindness starts and ends the psalm and then it is mentioned in all four stories of life. According to G.K. Beale and D.A. Carson, in commentary on the New Testament use of the Old Testament, they say, of all things said to endure forever in the Old Testament and early Jewish texts, God's said, his loyalty, steadfast love, or mercy is mentioned most often. Also, in that last verse, we see a voice change again. Instead of corporate, it says, Who is wise, let him give heed to these things. Singular. It is a call for each of the singers, or each of the hearers, or each of us to consider, Will I heed this lesson? Will I be counted among the wise? According to Psalm 107, what should I give heed to? Number one, in this Psalm, no one is perfect and all people struggle with humanity. Number two, when we struggle, we should cry out to the Lord for help. Number three, through the suffering, we experience the Lord and his chesed. Number four, As we see others struggle and God's faithfulness to them, it can give us hope in the midst of our storms in life. One other thing I want to quickly touch base on with regards to Psalm 107 is where else in scripture is this psalm found? Well, verse 1 are the words that King David declared when setting up the tabernacle and bringing in the ark of God. First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 34. And in similar words, when Solomon dedicated the temple in Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 3. And then with the rebuilding of the temple with Ezra, the people cried out, for he is good, for his loving kindness is upon Israel forever. So with just verse 1, we see the kingship and the temple is brought to mind to the readers. The book of Job also has many quotes from Psalm or it could be that the Psalms has many quotes from Job depending upon which came first. Such as Job 5.16, Job 12.21 and 24, Job 22.19, Job 33 verses 20 through 22 and 38.17. In the New Testament, we see just a glimmer in Mary's song. He has filled the hungry with good things, Luke one fifty three 53a, which would be Psalm 107, 9. Zacharias, with regards to the naming of his son John, which was John the Baptist, after the Lord appointed his mouth to speak, says, To shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace, Psalm one o seven ten a and 14a. One thing that jumped out to me was in that fourth story about the sea, and it made me think about Jesus' disciples when they were in the boat during the storm. This is found in Matthew 8, verses 23 through 27, Luke 8, verses 22 through 25, and John 6, verses 16 through 21. In Psalm 107, verses 29 through 30, it says, He, the Lord, caused the storm to be still, so that the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they were quiet, so he guided them to their desired haven. In the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, once Jesus calms the storm, the disciples say, What kind of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? According to Psalm 107, Only the Lord God, Most High, can do that. Also, like in Psalm 107, they were the ones who cried out in their distress. And it was Jesus that brought them out. It was Jesus that rescued them. With the passage found in John, chapter 6, verses 16 through 21, John ends his story with so they were willing to receive him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. It seems to allude to Psalm one o seven thirty b and he guided them to their desired haven. It may be that in John's writing, he wants his readers to think of Psalm 107 and then in that story correlate that Jesus is the Lord God. Jesus is their Savior. One thing about the sea is you really feel the ups and downs of life. Walter Brueggemann describes the ups and downs of life in his book, The Message of the Psalms, as orientation to disorientation to new orientation. He also describes Thanksgiving Psalms like this one as songs of new orientation because they celebrate an act of God's power that has moved Israel's life out of a time of disorientation. One thing that is certain is that after our time of disorientation or our struggles, once coming through it, we are never the same. And if we are believers, once we come through it, we are always more like Christ. So ladies, if you hear God's voice today, don't be like the unrighteous with a shut mouth. Instead, let's be wise women and give heed to Psalm 107 and consider the loving kindness, the Hassed of the Lord. And then with open mouths, let's give him praise and thanksgiving. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.